When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen, this is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. Hey everybody, this is Never Seen It. I'm your host Kyle Ayers. This is the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before and we read their script. Today, for the holidays, we're doing a very special clip show. I can tell that everyone is super excited. Well, I am. (laughs) I brought together some of my favorite holiday script clips and I put them here together. So on today's episode, we're taking a journey down scripts past. We have My It's a Wonderful Life script. There's Gareth Reynolds' Citizen Kane script, a couple of die-hard scripts from Mara Wilson and Charles Gould, as well as Matt O'Brien's When Harry Met Sally and Shane Torres' Frozen. I think those are holidays. When Harry Met Sally, apparently New Year's. Frozen is cold. Anyways, I hope everyone had a wonderful holidays and enjoy your New Year's. And here is, uh, you know, our special... uh, Holiday clip show. Thank you for listening to Never Seen It. I don't want to tell you anything I brought into it before we get too far into it. This is the roughest draft. I wrote this while an ice fight was happening at a Starbucks. <laughs> uh, um, I'll, I'll read the wall to wall, the stage directions and everything, and then let's cast. I'll, I'll cast it here. Okay. Um, Nick, do you want to play Jimmy? Sure. Okay. Um, Steph, will you be Ghost Jimmy? Hmm. And then, uh, Bailey, will you be waitress and boss? Yes. And radio voice? Yes. And I think that's probably everybody. All right? Um, <laughs> Just the sound of dragging a triangle across. <laughs> Damn it. All right, this is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. This might honestly be offensive. <laughs> it starts with the n-word so yeah i think it's actually gonna be pretty bad i redacted it i shouldn't use the yeah, highlighter yeah, i didn't have a sharpie yeah, <laughs> kyle redacted this with his yellow marker <laughs> <laughs> who has uh, uh i think it's nate fernald has this joke where he's like the fbi's got to get highlighters that aren't black <laughs> <laughs>
All right, here we go. It's a Wonderful Life, never seen by Kyle Ayers. Based on pretty much just knowing that Jimmy Stewart is in it, this movie will surely hold up over the test of time. I can't see anything problematic about a movie where a young white guy lives his wonderful life. As any movie from this time, the female characters will be minimal and just function to service the male protagonist. Am I accurate female? so far? Female characters? <laughs> wow. What a weird the fema- term The female to use. characters will only service the bros. <laughs> the real, why did I put real characters? Um, exterior, New England area, morning. Establishing shot of a picturesque colonial home set back from a sprawling front lawn. Vast blue skies span the backdrop of a perfect life. The year is 1944. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> that that didn't sound like what I thought it was going to sound. <laughs> no, it sounded like you were picking up a xylophone. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> the year is 1944. This house cost $300 at the time and is now so large it has been turned into the Museum of Affluence. Interior, bedroom, same morning, an alarm clock goes off. What do we have the xylophone? Okay. <laughs> I also Seth, know do you know how any instruments I, work? I have no idea. <laughs> Is that an alarm? (laughs) (laughs) An alarm clock goes off. Jimmy, white male, early 30s, Jimmy Stewart type, wakes up, stretches, and gets out of bed. He's wearing those pajamas you only see people wear in older movies. You know, they match and they're stripey, etc. Maybe even that little hat with the ball on the end of it. Oh, God. I'm so, so fucking depressed. (laughs) <laughs> you really honed the impression in for the script. I appreciate that. <laughs> you get depressed. And you get depressed. Uh, Jimmy's depressed. Cut to exterior diner. Morning. Jimmy gets out of his brand new car and walks into a beautiful diner for his morning cup of coffee. He walks up to the counter. Oh, a cu- cup of coffee, please, hon. Just put a new pot on, Jim. It'll be a couple minutes. Jesus Christ, I, I, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I, I, I can't deal with this. Oh, why me? Jimmy waits 30 seconds, gets his coffee, and heads to work. Interior generic office. Jimmy walks into his job. His boss immediately walks up to him. Hey, Jim. Do not give me any bad news. Sorry, bud. Jim begins holding his breath like a toddler. <laughs> We've got your monthly bonus all ready for you, in cash like you want, but it had to be in $20 bills instead of 10s like you like. Oh, life is just too hard. I'm going to throw myself (laughs) out the window. Jimmy walks over to the window, pulls out a gun, and shoots it out. He leaps from the third floor, and as he's falling, he thinks to himself, Oh, life just isn't worth living if I'm ever inconvenienced in any slight way. As he accepts his fate, a pillow delivery truck stops at a red light just underneath him. He lands safely and softly on the pillows and sits up. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm not dead. I have the worst possible life. Cut to interior, Jimmy's bedroom, night. Jimmy begins to fade off to sleep. Suddenly he wakes up to some odd sounds. A ghost Jimmy appears at the foot of Jimmy's bed. You, 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 you're, you're me. Ghost Jimmy sounds just like regular Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Except he says, ooh, at the beginning of every sentence. (laughs) Also, he's wearing a hat or something so we can tell him apart. (laughs) Jimmy, it is me, the ghost of you, Jimmy. I'm here to show you how life would change if you weren't around. 
Oh, I have the worst life. <laughs> no one will even miss me. Oh, <laughs> I know life is hard, especially for us, but it can be worth it. Follow me. For those of you listening at home, this is two different people. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost Jimmy grabs Jimmy and they both fly out of the room. They fly to the diner. It's morning when they get there, I guess. Exterior (laughs) diner, morning. Ghost Jimmy and Jimmy float to the ground. Ooh! (laughs) Well, I know waiting for a minute minute for coffee can be tough, but can't kill yourself. Ooh, there are people with worse lives out there. Just wait and see. Ghost Jimmy and Jimmy walk into the diner. Interior diner morning. Inside the diner, waitress is there standing behind the counter. Waitress. Ghost That's Jimmy. so fucked. Waitress. <laughs> waitress. waitress. No, easily could have given a simple name. That's her first name. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think she became a waitress? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, waitress is there standing behind the counter. Ghost Jimmy and Jimmy are about to approach Waitress when she yells out, Hey, that's not your water fountain. We pan over to see Alex, male mid-40s black, drinking from a water fountain. (laughs) Use the proper water fountain. Waitress undoubtedly used language that I won't even use in this script. (laughs) She pulls up a phone and calls 911. Hello, police. There's an African-American man at my diner trying to use the white people water fountain. Immediately, like honestly, so fast it's literally impossible a bunch of cops and a German shepherd run into the diner and arrest Alex there's a beat then in the aftermath waitress says aloud to herself I have to work all day and DVR doesn't exist yet oh I told you there are some people who are worse off ghost Jimmy waves his hands like they did in that one movie I want to say Wayne's World I haven't seen Wayne's World but is is. is it Wayne's World Okay, crossfade to exterior outside Jimmy's work day. Ghost Jimmy and Jimmy float in. Ooh, now let's see some other people that are worse <laughs> off than you. Ghost <laughs> Jimmy and Jimmy are walking into the building, and they pass a man with a sign that says, Raising money to keep internment camps open forever. <laughs> Both Ghost Jimmy and Jimmy drop $5,000 into his bucket. <laughs> Interior, generic office. Ghost Jimmy and Jimmy are floating near Jimmy, near where Jimmy used to work. A radio is playing from the office, and Boss stands across the room from the radio. Radio voice. And that puts the concentration camp death toll at an estimated four million. So far, with no end in sight if Hitler is not stopped. The Boss stands up and shouts, God, this is the worst! He walks across the room and turns off the radio. It's truly so sad. I have to turn off the radio by hand because I don't think anyone invented remote controls yet. God, I have the worst life. Ooh, ooh, she, you don't have the worst life. Wait. Is it getting better or worse? It's, it's getting consistent. It's, it's, it's turning into, I'm getting hints of... Um, I'll do who I think it's okay, turning into. Okay. By the way, I I love you, Kyle. Thanks for making this. Uh, uh, I just want to thank p- everyone for being here and being a part of this uh, and being a part of my big night. Thank you to the Elysian. Uh, I just I just because this is before there was remote controls for radios, yeah. and I really You're appreciate right. that. Yeah, which I'm still waiting for. Um, so this is the uh, okay. This is where I think it's trying to go. Wow, I guess you're right. <laughs> it could always get worse. I could miss my favorite TV show. Who is oh, it? It's <laughs> that sounded like if you downloaded a, a, a Jimmy Stewart impression off of Napster and you got like the wrong thing. 
Who's the lady in uh, Aviator that uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yeah you're starting lady. to sound like Leo. Okay. Uh, hints is just hints. Okay. All right, let's do from the ghost Jimmy here again. Okay. She. <laughs> you don't have the worst life. Wow. I guess you're. I guess you're wrong. <laughs> I could always get worse. I, I, I could miss my favorite TV show. Or I could walk across a room. Or I have to walk across a room. I suppose it's all, it's all perspective. Uplifting music begins to play. Does anyone else feel uplifted right now? Cropped up and slipped away. What if it comes out that we'll talk about this in a second? Let's finish this. We still have two pages. Up, uh, where are we at? Uplifting music begins to play. Wow, maybe there is a place in this world for me. Uh, uh, even me, a thirty-something uh, white guy. Oh, <laughs> baby, Jimmy. Oh, and also, while I got you here, I'm in Reston Disney in my property in Brooklyn. Okay. Hmm, how long till I make millions from that? Well, it'll only take four years to triple your money. <laughs> I'm trying to do it right after him so I can do the same. It's uh, not working. <laughs> four years, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who is time for that? Jimmy pulls out a gun and shoots himself in the head. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy as a corpse. Life is so hard. I just wish it was just wonderful. I thought you said you'd never seen it. Wow. <laughs> wow. And a Merry much Christmas like, to much all. Like, much like Led Zeppelin claims to have not seen Lord of the Rings, I've been influenced by text. Wow. Hold on, there's one more scene here. <clears throat> it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> Look under your chairs, it's a mushroom. Uh, you, you got a mushroom, and you got a mushroom. <laughs> uh, okay, so Steph, you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Is that what you said? And if that's how it goes, then... Gosh darn, I'm going to go home and watch it right away. That's, that's yeah. what the movie is. The main character's French. So Ooh. Um, I can do the... Well, there's a couple French characters. If you're confident so, and you want to uh, knock out any characters, it's, it's you take the stab wherever you want. I'll we, be Jean-Luc. Okay. I'll be Jean-Luc. Uh, the stage direction, I don't know who wants to read the stage direction. Kyle, you, you want to read the stage direction? I could do that. Um... Todd, why don't you be the Proctor and Papa Kane? Cool. And then, Kyle, I'll also need you to be um, Pete and any version of Pete we see. Pete at all. Is that what that means? It does now. It does now. Hell yeah. All right, here we go. Gareth Reynolds has never seen Citizen Kane. This movie is a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Isn't that crazy? But also there's like 11 reviews. There literally might be 100. And one of them was like, okay, here we go. Never, uh, <laughs> Gareth Reynolds has never seen Citizen Kane. Exterior. United States Citizenship Test Center. Day. It's black and white. 
maybe was the only option or is the only option as we pan down a large New York skyscraper to see a long line out the door. Men who look like leprechauns or the Russian street fighter character Zangief. That, that's a future <laughs> yes. reference. Text, 1920. Interior, United States Citizenship Test Center. That sounds like a vocal warm-up. Uh, yeah, test room. test room. Yeah, United States Citizenship, citizenship test, test Center Test, test Room. United room States Citizenship Test Center Test Room. <laughs> Unique New United States Citizenship Test Center Test Room, Continuous York. Now you're ready. Around 30 desks are crammed into this tiny room with various stereotypes of foreign countrymen. Yes, men only. It was 1920. Pensively look up and then write down answers on the paper. We land on Jean-Luc Kane, garbed in a beret with a tiny mustache. He smokes two cigarettes at the same time. He is stressed. <laughs> uh, sink, Jean-Luc Kane. Sink! We see the test he is taking. Above the question he is stuck... Above the question, he is stuck on our answers like 47 stairs and, I don't know, George Washington again. Fuck, this is hard. Two minutes left, foreigners. What? Oh, come on! He looks at his question. He writes, George Washington? Exterior, United States Citizenship Test Center, classroom a little later. A piece of paper is slapped on the wall. That's so funny if they do it like this. A piece of paper That's is awesome. slapped like, on the wall with the results of the exam. <laughs> Jean-Luc pushes past a man who looks like he belongs in Oktoberfest to see his results. We can tell by his deflation that is not good news. But to be safe, he says, I fuck my ass with my mouth. If there is a god, I would kill him. He lights two cigarettes at the same time and walks off. He checks his pocket watch. I'm late for work. Interior Eiffel Barber Barber Shop. Later. Uh, all of your locations are good improv team names as well. Thank you. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, a number that's a of French barbers cut hair, shave faces, and one guy's even getting a crotch wax tastefully hidden. Jean-Luc races in. That's some Citizen Kane. He jumps next to an open chair where a man sits waiting. Jean-Luc gets right to work and lathers the man's face with cream. Hey, how about those Yankees, huh, fellow patriots? Papa Kane, Jean-Luc's father, 60s, with a beret who smokes six cigarettes at once, casts Jean-Luc into darkness with his shadow. You are late, my boy. Where are you? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Papa. <laughs> uh, where was I? Uh, I was uh, making love to a beautiful woman. Huh? Doggy. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Kane <laughs> squints at his son, but then smiles. Ah, that's my boy. As you know, there are a few reasons on this list of why, of why can, one can be late to the Eiffel Barber, and that is a tuppet. He points to a sign that reads, acceptable tardy reasons. One, love to a woman. Two, buying cigarettes. Three, a combo of one and two. Four, les poison. This is a Simpsons episode. This is awesome. <laughs> well, get to work. We A pencil drops out of Jean-Luc's pocket, causing Papa Kane to stop in his tracks. What is this? A pencil? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I, I, uh, made love to the woman <laughs> with it. Uh, Lies! You were at that citizen's facility again, <laughs> trying to deny the weren't you? Do some of the warm-ups with the United the Citizenship <laughs> Testing Center thing. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, okay, what if I was? It is the only way to get ahead here because of the extreme bigotry. We are French. You are French, boy. I will not warn you again. This country will not let foreigners be a part of it. Believing that is as stupid as smoking one cigarette at a time or doing missionary sex. Well, I failed again anyway, just like that foolish George Washington. 
Maybe. Still very confused as to what he did. John Luke smiles to the man in his chair. He is clearly an American named Pete Graham. Hey, don't... Hey, don't worry about it. If you study hard enough and becomes an American, he'll be happy. Ah, I fear you are wrong, Pete. Jean-Luc begins the shaving. He is so picketed. Nothing like you Americans. You are so cool. Oh, I wish I was a history teacher like that George Washington. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. George oh. <laughs> Curse you, Washington. <laughs> George Washington, he didn't teach history. He made it, my friend, while he was the first president of the country. He was a general before that, and as a young lad, he cut down a cherry tree and lied about it. Oh, gosh, Pete. (laughs) I wish I knew all that you knew. Leave the sideburn. As Jean-Luc moves the blade, he cuts deeply into Pete's throat, causing an extreme and fast hemorrhage. Hey, what did you do? Holy fuck, he is endlessly bleeding. Pete slumps, dead. Now he's dead! Alive! I mean, he is alive, finally! All the concerned customers go back to calm upon hearing that Pete is finally alive, not dead. Exterior alley later, Papa Kane and Jean-Luc jam Pete's legs into a barrel and douse it in gas. They each throw all their their lit cigarettes inside, and it combusts at once. Okay, well, we got away with this. But let that be a lesson to you. No more foolishness of trying to be an American. He lights 20 cigarettes at once and walks away. Ah, that's nice. Jean-Luc is crestfallen and slumps into a wall. Oh, what a day. You're telling me. Jean-Luc looks to his right and jumps up in horror. He sees a translucent Pete. This, This is ghost Pete. Pete? Close. I'm a ghost now. Pete, I, I didn't mean to kill you. I'm so sorry. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. Stop. Honest mistake. And get this. Being dead is amazing. I can walk through walls. This guy on the train taught me how to touch things by focusing anger on it. I even made a clay pot with my ex. It's all good. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, why are you here? Well, you are not going to believe this, but <laughs> I wasn't the best guy when I was alive. I, I robbed from a blind guy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I cheated, I cheated on my wife. Oh, well, that's too bad as well, I guess. I, I lied to the police. I raised a kid who wasn't mine uh, after I stole him. <laughs> I created a three-card Monty ring that brought poverty to literally hundreds of thousands. I actually killed a guy uh, on my own t- once, too. There's a beat. John Luke isn't sure that he is done. Well, uh, I started cat fights and I bet on them. I pretended to be a priest to sleep. I get it. I get it, Pete. I understand. I dynamited an orphanage. I get it. Right, 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 right. Well, <laughs> well, it turns out I need to do a good deed to get into heaven. Oh, okay. So are you thinking what I'm thinking? Uh, I'll help you pass the psychopath? test. Oh, great. Yeah, that works, too. Interior. United States Citizenship Test Center Classroom Day. Same scene as before. People are taking the test, but everyone is stressed. Everyone but Jean-Luc, who has Ghost Pete by his side. Number five is William Howard Taft. Six is whiskey. Seven, the dawn's early light. Eight is a bowler hat. Jean-Luc scribbles them down with a smile. Interior, barbershop, later. Jean-Luc comes into the shop. You are late again, Jean-Luc. Oh, sorry, Papa. Citizen Kane messed up. 
Papa Kane is confused. Citizen Kane? John Luke smiles and holds up a certificate of citizenship. Citizens. Fuck! A certificate of citizenship. <laughs> That's right. I passed. <laughs> what? Oh, my son. I didn't want you to because I never thought you could. I am so proud of you. They embrace. Well, my work here is done. I'm off to a test of my own. Ghost Pete looks to the sky. Whoa, everyone is naked. It's an orgy. All right. Ghost Pete descends in a portal of light upwards. Papa Kane looks at his boy with pride. Now get back to work, Citizen Kane. John Luke smiles to his dad. Fuck no. I'm going to be a banker on Wall Street and accrue as much wealth as a man can. It'll be disgusting how awful I become. That's my boy. Credits over accordion music. <laughs> Is it close? Hey folks, Kyle here. Thank you for listening. Just taking another quick second out here and add on uh, my own show. I figure this is a good time to remind everyone of these shows I got coming up. I'm in Eureka, California. I'm in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Oakland, California, all starting actually next week. Basically some dates in there, May 16th in Eureka, 18th in Portland, May 23rd in Seattle, and May 25th in Oakland. Doing my show hard to say, uh, this comedy show I'm working on about living with trigeminal neuralgia. I've gone on and uh, on enough about it on here. I really had a, a lot of fun out in Colorado last month, and people came out from the shows, and that was it's the best. Seeing people out at shows who, who like the podcast is just the best, and developing this show about the very odd and difficult thing I'm going through has been a pleasure that is unexpected and makes me very happy, and I'm very proud of the show. Um, like I said, the, I've got those dates coming up, kyleairs.com slash shows. Please grab tickets now. Grab them while you're listening to this. Send it to a friend. Tell them to come out. Seattle, Portland, Eureka, Oakland. Uh, I would love for tickets to get moving a little bit. And so would the venues that are emailing me. And they're just it's going to be a really good time. I hope to see you out. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Once again, kyleairs.com slash shows. Uh, y'all are the best. Thank you. The absolute the best. So let's go ahead and let's get into your script for having never seen Die Hard. Okay. Uh, you can cast it however you'd like. Generally, we have the the writer do their their wall to wall, all their stage directions and everything. Yeah, I'll do I'll do the stage directions. And uh, let's see. Um, um, Rebecca's can, really good can, at accents. I don't know if that comes into play for that, anything. Okay, a lot. that's a that's a lie. <laughs> that's uh, that's a lie. Well, well, Rebecca, do you want to be Alan Rickman? Okay. Oh, but I bet she does in her core, so she'll fork. <laughs> Yes, just be very, very British and sinister and, and okay. slow. Okay. Uh, and then, and then, uh, let's see. And then, let's see. Um, there's, there's Kyle. Do you want to be John? Sure. Okay. And then someone's gonna have to be uh, Holly. Um, e- either of you can be can be Holly. Other than that, oh, and and there's also uh, Sergeant Al. So uh, Rebecca, I think you're gonna have to be Sergeant Al. Okay, All right. I'll do Holly. And, yeah, and and you can do Holly. John and Holly have one scene together. Okay, but uh, but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be okay. Um, and yeah, and if anyone pops up, you can be or assign them as they come as well. We don't have to if there's any like uh, small okay. characters or anything. Okay. 
I didn't read it yet. I was getting excited. I wanted to read it as it came across. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. Um, okay. So Die Hard, written by Mara Wilson, based on a brief look at Wikipedia and one or two clips I saw as a child. Interior, office building, evening. It's New Year's Eve, 1980-something, and a bunch of very 80s-looking people are talking and laughing. Suddenly, Alan Rickman enters with two henchmen. Hello. I would like a very large amount of money. There's a very big murmur. Kyle, this is you. Ooh, sexy voice. Who is he? I, I love British accents. Oh, I'm not Briti- British. I'm Did Rebecca German. freeze right then? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, I think you froze here on Zoom oh, okay. right when we got to okay. that one. All right. I'll redo the line. Okay. Am I unfrozen now? Yeah, you are. Okay. Um, oh, I'm not British. I'm German. What? No, he's not. You don't sound German. All right. That's it. He holds up a detonator. <laughs> I'm going to blow this place to shit. <laughs> the partiers scream. Yeah! <laughs> Interior, John McClane's house, evening. John McClane, who is shirtless for some reason, sits down to eat a massive Thanksgiving Day feast by himself. Sound effects. Ring, ring. John with a mouthful of food. Motherfucker. He picks up a massive cordless phone. Split screen. Sergeant Al Al Powell. Sergeant Al Powell wearing, (laughs) that's hard to say. Sergeant Al Powell wearing a green shamrock pin and a green hat that says, today I'm Irish, looks stricken. McLean, we got a real situation here. I just started my fucking dinner. McLean, listen to me. Some German or British guy is going to set off a bomb at a party in downtown. Who, Who the fuck parties in downtown LA? Yeah, it's weird, right? Oh, but I guess your ex-wife is there. Yeah, that's actually why I was calling. My ex-wife? Fuck! Yeah, you gotta save her. John throws down the phone and turns over the Thanksgiving dinner with a roar. He grabs a giant machine gun that was strapped to the bottom of the table (laughs) and slides on a a mesh-looking shirt and some suspenders. Yeah, fucking who, motherfucker? (laughs) Interior, office building, night. The partiers are all wearing pastels, and there are giant (laughs) Easter eggs and pictures of bunnies everywhere. Alan Rickman paces. He turns to his henchman. Uh, you can be henchman number one. I'll be henchman number two. Okay. Isn't anyone going to try and stop me or negotiate with me? Uh, it's, uh, it's the LAPD, dude. And you're white. Alan Rickman groans in frustration and kicks a giant <laughs> Easter egg over. He grabs one of the party guests, Holly, a woman with immense curly hair and huge shoulder pads. You, you're my hostage now. Oh, uh, okay, uh... But my husband's actually a cop. Oh, shit. Stakes. (laughs) Interesting. He's actually my ex-husband. Still in a sinister British way? Even better. You're really from Germany? (laughs) Exterior, bottom of office building, night. John McClane throws himself through the glass window. He stands up, (laughs) covered in glass. A man with some happy Father's Day balloons exits to the <laughs> unlocked front door and looks at John quizzically. Interior, office building, night. Three henchmen stalk the halls, all dressed in Halloween costumes. John McClane, dressed as a robot, runs down the hall. A henchman turns to see him and aims his gun. John picks up a giant pumpkin and hurls it at him, knocking him out. 
Trick or treat, motherfucker. Two other henchmen shoot at him, but his robot costume deflects their bullets. John picks up a dish of candy and throws it into the henchman's mouth. The candy has razor blades and drugs in it. A henchman starts bleeding profusely and another starts foaming at the mouth. Always check your candy, motherfucker. He then opens fire on all of them, you know, for safety purposes. Their flammable Halloween costumes immediately go up in flames as John jumps into an elevator. Cut to interior top, uh, exterior, top of office building, night. John climbs up a ladder to the top of the building where a time bomb is beeping. He tries to dismantle it, but can't. Now the bomb is going faster. Ah, shit. He turns and decides to fling it several blocks to the south and west. Yabba-dabba-doo, motherfucker. (laughs) It explodes, leaving a smoking chasm. Cut to exterior smoking (laughs) chasm. Passersby check out the damage as the LAFD puts out the fire. A man in a button-up shirt places a sign in the middle that says, future home of Staples Center slash some crypto bullshit arena, (laughs) just his hand and walks away. Exterior, top of office building, night. Offstage, Alan Rickman. Well, well. What? Calling out, still offstage. I said, look, just climb down the ladder, all right? (sighs) Okay. John shimmies down the ladder. Exterior, interior, high floor of office building. Alan Rickman stands flanked by his two henchmen. He is holding Holly. Well, well. Give her up and we'll give you the money. No, you won't. Yeah, probably not. Don't you want to rescue your wife dramatically? It is Valentine's Day. Funny you mention it. John uses his machine gun to shoot a giant heart pattern in the glass wall behind (laughs) Alan Rickman, killing his henchmen in the process. He then whirls around and kicks Alan Rickman in the chest. Be mine, motherfucker. (laughs) That's the funniest one. (laughs) Alan Rickman falls back through the shattered window with Holly. John! Uh, (laughs) Oh, shit, sorry. John then grabs a fire hose and jumps through the window, holding it. Exterior, office building side, night. John is using the fire hose to rappel down the side. It's pretty awesome, though actually was much cooler in this Bollywood movie I once saw. (laughs) I told my friends about it while I was trying to prove how much wilder Bollywood action movies were, but they were like, oh, they did that in Die Hard. Okay, but once in a Bollywood movie, I saw a guy stomp on a bunch of chili peppers and then kick his enemies in the (laughs) face. And you didn't see that in Die Hard, did you? Anyway, John gets down the building just in time to grab Holly's hand. She climbs up the rope and they glance down at Alan Rickman, who is still falling and still screaming. (laughs) He even... Scream sexily. I, I know. know. <laughs> Exterior office building, night. John and Holly rappel down to the bottom of the building where Sergeant Al is waiting. Fourth of July fireworks go off in the sky behind them. Good job, John. Just doing my job, Al. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even work for the LAPD. <laughs> Honest line in the history of any cop script ever. <laughs> and he doesn't even, from what I've learned, he doesn't even work for the LAPD. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, you weren't. I'm yeah. actually crying because that's so funny. <laughs> he wasn't. And I think from what I've read, he doesn't work for that, that cop department it's, anyway. It's very vague, but it's very yes. accurate for how the police generally operate. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. Holly and John kiss. Suddenly, a weird woman with bright orange hair wearing only white bandages falls from the sky, then gets up and dusts herself off. Here. 
John takes off his mesh shirt and suspenders and hands them to the woman. She pulls on the clothes and scampers away into a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was very charitable of you, John. Not really. I mean, it is Yom Kippur, motherfucker. Everybody laughs. <laughs> then they immediately get somber because it's Yom Kippur. <laughs> End. <laughs> Bravo. Thank you. If at any Spot point on. in any movie, the, the I want the, the sergeant goes, stop. <laughs> they like never do. 20% of movies don't happen. Uh, so let's let everyone know who we're going to be playing in your Die Hard script. So we've got your, the cast up here at the top. Oh, yeah. Um, and and so I will be playing Curious Security Guard just doing his job, Bruce Willis and George H.W. Bush. Okay. Nice. Uh, so should I give you any notes before? You definitely can if you'd like. Well, just the George H.W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Was it, a really underrated president. You have to I'm do it as Dana Carvey. Okay. Playing George H.W. Bush. Does it? That's in the script, but. Yeah, I figured that was going to come up like you would say it once you said the character name or whatever. Does it say that? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But okay. I just want to, because, you know, sometimes during cold reads, yeah. some stuff, you know, like goes over people's heads or. I've never been invited to any too... situation where okay, there'd be a cold yeah. read. <laughs> I should have done that for my ones, man. That's a good call. The notes are good. You got to give a few notes before a cold read. I'm a freaking director and I didn't even do that. That's, dude, this is a good call, man. This is going to go so much better. This is why actors make the best directors. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Oh, yeah. man. Ask Mel. Okay, Gibson. so, so it's, it's, it's Dana Carvey, Bruce Willis. So it's, or Dana, it's Dana Carvey's George H.W. Bush. Yes. Yeah. And that, yeah, that will come on later. Can I also, can I hear your Bruce? Uh, it's going to be bad. I don't even know what Bruce Willis. I'm gonna set this thing on the ground because I can hear it echoing. I don't even know what Bruce Willis sounds like. You um, just okay. Well, a little gravelly, a little more um, gravelly. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good. pretty good. That's, that's really good. Bruce cool. Willis. Great. Yeah. Thanks. That was actually audio from my phone. <laughs> Todd, uh, I'm gonna be playing man. Uh, okay. Actually, can I hear your man? My man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, how you doing? I'm a man. Actually, so. <laughs> uh, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. Give me a note. You know something. In the script, we have him as having an indistinct oh, like that's right. Eastern European Germany accent. Okay. Because from what I've I've never seen Die Hard, but I've been able to glean a lot from, oh, so he's from one of the popular guys? culture. I can play with this. He's one of the bad guys. Yes. But and so you've seen this, Todd? Uh yes. Many, <laughs> many, many times. I like what you just did there. So feel free to do that if you want. Okay. I'll see what I'm feeling in the moment when I'm when he feel when he's it out in the moment. Um uh, yeah. I'm also playing Jeremy Irons. Okay, so you also side note, someone told me. Yesterday, I was telling him about this podcast that it's actually Alan Rickman. It is. But Jeremy Irons is in the third one. Yeah, right. spo- if you were spoiler, casting it today, you'd probably have to go with Jeremy Irons. He plays <laughs> he plays Rickman's brother. So it, it oh, works. Okay. It works. They're in the same ballpark. So Jeremy Irons is playing the Alan Rickman character, which I thought I've thought my whole entire life up until yesterday was Jeremy Irons. That's cool. And I no. the one that's one of the few things I know about the movie is Alan Rickman is like an incredible he does a great job. People oh really? Because really like every actor in the movie does an incredible job. Like there's not a bad performance in that movie. Because I have a, what about Alan Rickman? a questionable Kurt Bachner is like it, it's incredible. The Wait, movie really? is so good. It's the best. We should end this podcast right now and just go watch Die Hard. It's on HBO Go. It's on everything. Dude, we're watching it tonight. Yeah, we might have to. Uh, I'm also playing Carl Wilson. Carl Winslow. Oh, Carl Winslow's nice. That makes a lot more sense. I know he's in that movie. He's great in it, too. And I'm also playing Man Kind of Schlumpy, which that's going to be a stretch for me, but I think I can make it work. (laughs) It's actually a wrestler. It's Mankind of of Schlumpy. (laughs) 
Mankind of Slumpy but well liked around the office is the full character name. Interesting. Yes. That's not where you only you, have one line. Where did you glean that that that's in Die Hard? Well, I took some kind of like '90s action movie tropes. Okay, nice. Okay, and added them, and I feel like nice. whenever there's like a hostage situation, yeah, there's always like a crying a crying secretary, yeah, and a kind of schlumpy guy, but he's very well liked around the office. Oh man, you're gonna love when you watch the Relative I heard, man, because those tropes are nowhere to be found. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 genre defying. Oh, shit, yeah. Hold oh. on. Wait, uh... Grab, just grab the xylophone. Wait, hold just on. grab the xylophone. Can we do that again? Todd, will you say those tropes are nowhere in the... Should we do that? Yeah. Oh, we can just edit that back together, right? All right. Because those tropes are nowhere to be found. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this okay, is going that great. That was worth it. This is going great. <laughs> um, wait, can you hold on to that, actually, Todd? Because... Yeah. Oh, you want me to do some can music you, cues? Can you... Would you I'll mind opening up? Because we're going to open can, on a little, like, Christmas... Oh, yeah. Christmas so just music? play whatever Christmas song you like most. Because. <laughs> Perfect, let's do it. All right. Because that's another thing I know about Die Hard is that it's a Christmas movie. The Christmas movie, I would argue. Because... Uh, the Christmas movie, I would argue. <laughs> uh, the, I, um, I also would like to argue it's the Christmas movie as well. This one might overtake it, though. Right. Okay. Um... So, can I get a little Christmas music? Oh, yeah. We open on a series of Christmas decorations hanging in an empty office. We see a cardboard cutout of Santa Claus lying on the ground. He looks dead. Is this foreshadowing for things to come? Maybe. I mean, someone might die soon. Hard. Die hard. (laughs) Possibly a curious security guard just doing his job. Also, that weird Christmas song is playing. The one that goes da 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 I'm not advanced enough in the xylophone. Kyle, Kyle, you promised me there would be professional xylophone I did. That was actually the only thing I said. Yeah. A curious security guard just doing his job enters the office. The music stops. All we can hear is his whistling and the clink of his dress shoes against the office floor. As he gets to the back of the office, he is surprised to find a man dressed in all black, looking vaguely Eastern European-y or kind of Germany. Oh, hello. Hey. Ominous music begins to play. There's something weird about this guy. Working on Christmas? Yeah. You know how it goes. They didn't tell me anyone would be here today. I'm going to have to call this in. Curious security guard just doing his job reaches for his walkie-talkie. Wait. Merry Christmas. Motherfucker! Man whips out a shotgun and blows security guard just doing his job's head off. (laughs) The music crescendos as his dead body falls on top of the Santa Claus cutout. That's right, the one from before. Remember that one? The one that was the foreshadowing one? That's the one, baby. (laughs) Jeremy Irons, maybe Alan Rickman's brother, comes running in. (laughs) What did you do? Man stares at him with like a what the fuck look on his face. Oh, yeah. What did you do? No, Todd, you have to do a German accent. I don't know. What is ger- German is... Uh... What? What did you oh, do? Oh, yes. Yes, like Lebowski style. What did you do? So the joke there is that he does a British accent and then he remembers that he's German in the movie. Oh, that's a good joke. Well, you wait to give me a note on that. I'm sorry. No, to top. I didn't get a note. Uh, you okay. think I'm an actor? Sorry, sorry. Right, yeah, do you want to try it again? Yeah. Okay. 
That's right. I'll do the whole foreshadowing joke. Yeah, let okay. me. All right. Uh, That's right. The one from before. Remember the Santa Claus thing from before that was maybe the <laughs> foreshadowing one? That's the one, baby. Jeremy Irons comes running in. What did you do? Man stares at us. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're going to have to start early. Call the president. Oval Office night. A phone rings on the desk. Dana Carvey playing George H.W. Bush answers. Not gonna do it. What? Where? Bring him in. Who cares if it's Christmas? He doesn't have a family. Not gonna do it. I'm here to pump you up. Who's that? Satan? Camera whip pans over to a president's chief of staff who looks directly into the camera. Classic. (laughs) (laughs) Exterior office building day. The office building is teeming with police. Bruce Willis from the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis <laughs> <laughs> smokes a cigarette and watches from afar. He flicks the cigarette into a baby's eye. The baby starts crying. Will someone shut that baby up? I got to pause this for a second and say that is an incredible Bruce Willis. Really is good. <laughs> really, really is good. I'm sorry. I know this is very unprofessional, but I got that. I got to give the compliment. All right. Uh, will someone shut that baby up? Wow. This guy is a reluctant hero. He didn't ask for this. He doesn't want this. But, well, as long as he's here, let's kick some (laughs) fucking ass. Bruce Willis from the Comedy Central Roast of Bruce Willis walks up to Carl Winslow. What do we have here? German terrorists. You mean, like, Nazis? I don't think so. They're just terrorists, but from Germany. I think so. Seems weird, but I haven't seen the movie. We got a man on the inside. We got nothing. All we know is one security guard is dead. Bruce Willis from the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis suddenly gets cold and can see his breath. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at the back of a police car and sees a shivering Haley Joel Osment. (laughs) Haley Joel Osment lifts his finger and points at the ghost of curious security guard just doing his job. (laughs) Oh, that's me. He will get you in. That's my best Haley Joel. Six cents Haley Joel Osmond. I like that you called him Haley Joe Osmond. Did I spell it wrong? Yeah, it's Osmond. 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 Meth. Osmond. Wait, it's Osmith? Yeah, meth. Osmeth. Like methamphetamines. I think it's M E N T. I thought it was M E T H. This might be. He should be here in five minutes. I called him earlier. (laughs) Wait, he probably sounds like he called the wrong person. You're saying it's Haley Joel Osmond? Because that's like a Berenstein yeah. Bears. Oh, that is that's one of like those. a Berenstein right. Berenstein right. Berenstein thing. O-S-M-E-N-T. Haley Joe. Oh, I, so I spelled it wrong. It's uh, I have Osmond. You're closer it's than Osmond. what Todd yeah, stopped by this I, I just like that it was Osmond. <laughs> I like Osmond. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He will get you in. Bruce Willis. Uh, oh, wait. He pointed at the ghost. Bruce Willis from the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis looks at the ghost of Curious Security Guard <laughs> just doing his job. The music builds and the camera zooms in on a close-up of Bruce Willis. Yippee Kai. Nope, not yet. Really? That felt so right. You'll know when. Well, then I guess Yippee Kai. Come on, come on. Sorry. Okay, ghost, show me what to do. Curious security guard just doing his job's ghost flies away and into the building through the air vents. Another thing I've gleamed from popular culture as he mm-hmm. climbs through the air vents. Uh, the music builds. The camera zooms into a close-up of Bruce Willis, and he says, Guess a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Carl Winslow smiles and gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Interior office building simultaneous. Jeremy Irons 
Alan Rickman's brother, and his goons hold big machine guns and walk down a line of hostages. The hostages are crying. If your president does not give us what we want, we will be killing one of you on the hour, every hour, starting with you. Jeremy Irons points his gun at kind of schlumpy but well-liked around the office guy. Everybody screams and kind of schlumpy but well-liked around the office guy cries. Jeremy Irons picks up a phone with a direct line to President Bush, played by Dana Carvey. Do we have a deal, Mr. President? Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I should have written more Dana Carvey. I had no idea I could do this voice. I had no idea this was even in my wheelhouse. (laughs) Now you got a new thing. Yeah. SNL. Hold on. Let me call Lauren. Okay, Jeremy Irons uh, grabs kind of slumpy but well-liked around the office guy. Put the gun to his head. Wait, I have a family. Well, then I guess daddy's home. (laughs) Jeremy Irons blows his head off. (laughs) That's a a good one. That's a good one? You like that Yeah, I do. A lot. Um, Everybody screams. Jeremy Irons picks up the direct line to President Dana Carvey. Music crescendos and the camera moves in for a close-up of Jeremy Irons. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> starring. And this is like, what? this movie's 1988 or something? And yeah. yeah somewhere so at there. that time it was... Uh, uh, Joe Piscopo? Joe Piscopo. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what's, what's that... What's that Anthony woman's Michael? name? That was actually the year it was only Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Very possible. I feel like you got some Lovitz in there in 89, Dennis Miller. Oh, do you think that was the beginning of the oh, yeah. lovitz Oh, yeah. Oh, right. That makes sense because George H.W. Bush. So that's where, right. Oh, you've got Kevin Nealon in, in his in his prime. Kevin Nealon. Rob Schneider. No Schneider yet. We're not getting No Schneider, Schneider yet. yet. No, okay. No, no, no. no, no, no. Like, He's early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90s. Spade? No. That's also no. 90s. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Focus. Focus. Okay, live from New York. Bruce Willis from the Comedy... Oh, interior, office, air vent, simultaneous. <laughs> office, air vent. Bruce Willis from the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis crawls through the air vent. He hears the gunshot and the screams. He then hears Jeremy Irons doing the intro from SNL. I hate that show. He punches through the vent and falls to the office floor, but nobody notices anything. Looks like you're toast. Bruce Willis rears back and punches Jeremy Irons, but Jeremy Irons doesn't... Move. What the? He tries it again. <sighs> Nothing. Can anybody hear me? Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, there's close-ups of all the red Christmas decorations. <laughs> yes. It's in this moment that Bruce Willis realizes he's been a ghost the whole movie. He looks into the camera. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! An airplane flies. <laughs> An airplane flies into the building. It's LA's 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie. Like, you just wrote a good movie. That's a movie. That's a legit good movie. <laughs> that was fun. That was, you guys did a great job. I liked it. Um, first off, I want to thank my actors. I couldn't have done it without <laughs> I appreciate that. I couldn't have done it without you guys. I, do we all know? All right. We're okay. ready. You can even do the title page. Okay, um, this is, I've never seen this movie. This is When Harry Met Sally, written by Matt O'Brien, based on the movie the same name. (laughs) Okay, When Harry Met Sally. We are high above the New York skyline. It's raining and the city is buzzing with lights and noise as the camera pans down to the street and then further still below ground, below the sewers and subway system, the camera lands on a glowing secret laboratory orbing with neon blue lights. 
two L's in blue there. We'll skip that. <laughs> the hiss of a cryogenic chamber. <laughs> the hiss of a cryogenic chamber can be heard as a nude Harry, in brackets, Billy Crystal, emerges glistening with frost, fresh from his millennia-long slumber. Harry looks directly into the camera. I'm late for lunch. <laughs> That's the first scene. <laughs> you have seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the same movie, right? <laughs> Inside or internal, uh, the subway, that same night. Internal? <laughs> what, what is it? You people, know what I, mean? I feel like people say internal a lot on this show. Really? It's interior. But interior? Say that internal makes sense. A lot. What, are you, what are you, external, internal, exterior? exterior. I know. Yeah. I guess, uh, exterior, yeah. interior? I mean, yeah. I've never had to say it. To be fair, I just thought the word outernal was the opposite <laughs> until I ran, I looked to see what it said eternal. EXT. Okay. Eternal. Listen, Have you seen for, the externals with Kamel? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just going to say int. Int. Mm-hmm. Inti. The subway. <laughs> that same night, we see Sally, played by Meg Ryan, sitting quietly on a subway seat, staring blankly forward at an ad for a deli. Sally. Mmm. Maybe I'll get some night lunch. Sally pulls the stop request cord, <laughs> and the subway comes to a screeching halt. You're not supposed to use that cord unless it's an emergency. But everyone on the car understands and applauds when she smashes out a side window and begins sprinting down the subway tunnel with no regard for the third rail. XD <laughs> Times Square. That's how my mom pronounces Etsy. <laughs> XD. She's like, I got this, this floral thing off XD. I got a macaroni painting on XD. <laughs> uh, XD Times Square. Still the same night. We see dumb tourists taking pictures with a mascot in a stained Mickey Mouse costume. They take a picture without tipping. Mickey's hand is left outstretched, waiting for a tip that will never come. Mickey. Oh, shit. Could this night get any worse? <laughs> That's what Mickey sounds like, right? Yeah, no, but this, not is really a, Mickey. this is it's a dude a in a suit. But. <laughs> but he's committed to the bit. He's very, he's method. He's, he's very method. Just then, the ground starts to rumble, and Harry bursts from the pavement directly from under Mickey. <laughs> While ascending, Harry grabs Mickey's outstretched arm and rips it from its socket. Harry slurps up the arm in one bite and lands next to the bloody, writhing mascot whose night just got tons worse. Harry, still a bit peckish. <laughs> Harry looks at the bloody mascot who is holding up his one remaining Mickey arm for protection from the nude Billy Crystal. Harry, um, probably going to need your clothes. I'll tip. (laughs) 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 Mickey smiles when he hears the word tip and strips nude out of his costume and gives it to Harry. Harry tips the Mickey and then Harry laughs and rips the other arm off the costume. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. Got a match. Harry tips the Mickey <laughs> is such a great sentence. That's my cellar door. <laughs> the nude bloody mascot laughs as Harry jumps into the air in his sleeveless Mickey ensemble into the distance. The nude mascot looks at his generous tip and starts licking his lips. XD. New York streets. Still going on the same night. Sally bursts up to the stairs of the subway station and continues her panther-like sprint down the busy New York street. Sally. I know that deli is around here somewhere. Sally has been sprinting so hard that her shoes melt. (laughs) She stops and eyes a hot dog vendor next to her. Give me two. Stat. (laughs) The hot dog vendor throws Sally two hot dog buns that she puts on his shoes. Thanks, pal. Ha ha. Only in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Sally bursts away back into her supersonic sprint. The The wake of the launch knocks the hot dog vendor over, trapping him under his cart. 
Hot dog water begins pouring into his mouth at an uncontrollable rate. A businessman walks by and points at the hot dog man chugging hot dog water. Mm-mm, give me some of that. The <laughs> business guy said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. They, oh, wait. Yeah, there we go. It's front and back. <laughs> See, now we're not in all caps. This looks like a real script. Yeah. Should I sell this? Yeah. Just pages three, four, and five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> External. New York. Outside the world famous deli. Still the same night. Harry lands outside the front doors of the world famous New York deli. You know that one, right? Yeah. yeah. With, with an impact that causes cell phones in a nine block radius to explode. <laughs> Harry peeks inside and eyes the sandwiches. Harry, don't mind if I do. Just as Harry is about to enter, Sally screeches to a halt in front of the same deli, causing permanent damage to the sidewalk. She peeks inside the deli. Sally, <laughs> don't mind if I do. Harry chuckles and removes his Mickey head. Harry, you know, I just said the same thing. Sally laughs. <laughs> That's crazy. Sally looks at the bloodstains on Harry's Mickey costume. I'm Sally. Harry shakes <laughs> Sally's hand with his giant white Mickey hand. My maker named me Harry. <laughs> Sally ignores the maker part. <laughs> <laughs> Want to grab that famous sandwich with me? It really gets me going, that sandwich. <laughs> of course. That's why I'm here. A group of teens steal Mary's Mary's a group of teens steal Harry's Mickey head and start imitating his stupid voice talking about sandwiches and Sally. Harry doesn't care. Harry's hungry and he just met a new friend. They enter the deli. Cute. Still going. Internal world famous New York deli. It's the night. This is still the same night. It's the night. It's still, the, it's still <laughs> the night. <laughs> it's like like a Batman video game subtitle. It's the night still. <laughs> it's when I come is the night. <laughs> not that kind of come. Um, listen, not even that kind of night. <laughs> not even that kind of night. I don't know what I do anymore. Why'd you put a K in there? <laughs> I am the dark night. Um, listen, um, Harry and Sally are sitting at a table, staring at their world famous sandwiches that were just set in front of them. Should, should we get a coleslaw for the table? Harry. Uh, no, just the sandwich is good for me. I ate before this. <laughs> just then, just then, Harry burps up a watch and a wedding ring. <laughs> Sally laughs uncontrollably. I actually was already. <laughs> she laughs so hard, the entire restaurant begins to stare at her. She's moaning in absolute bliss. This is the funniest thing she's ever seen. She can't control herself. Harry sits in stunned silence. He looks over the shoulder of moaning Sally and sees the one-armed nude mascot guy from Times Square about to take the bite of his sandwich. He looks at Harry and then gestures towards his sandwich and mouths the words, I bought this with your tip money. (laughs) Harry winks at the man whose arm socket is still bleeding. He then goes back to paying attention to Sally, whose moans have gotten so loud that several people have passed out and the ceiling fan has dislodged and fallen on a guy. (laughs) The guy with the ceiling fan on him is still staring at Sally in disbelief. Sally takes a short break from moaning to take a small bite of her sandwich. Harry. Sally, no! After the bite, Sally's eyes roll in the back of her head. A loud guttural moan travels up several octaves rapidly and explodes out of her mouth and is the only sound that is ever and will ever exist at this moment. (laughs) Sally begins writhing in her chair. Harry is strong. He can handle it. But most of the people in the deli have died. (laughs) (laughs) 
a woman who has yet to order points at Sally. I'll have what she's having. The woman laughs and starts moaning. The server starts moaning. Everyone in the deli starts moaning. Everyone in New York starts moaning. A pigeon is moaning so hard it flies into the camera and shuts down movie production for a while. The end. When Harry met Sally. Shane, you've never seen... You never seen Frozen, so cast it up. Let us know who we're going to be playing here in your Frozen. Oh, is that how, I, for, I forgot how it goes. Okay, um, so you'll do the wall to wall, the stage directioning. Okay. Um, well, I think uh, Caleb, you can be Hannah or Axe, as she is referred to sometimes. Wait, do I do I have a script somewhere? I emailed it to you. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, you just guess. It's improv. Right. You like curb. <laughs> and I guess I will narrate, and Kyle, you can be everybody else. Everybody but Hannah. Check. And no, and I will be the narrator. Oh, there's a character named narrator as well. There's a, well, it's Blaze Foley. It's a country. Okay, player. okay. <laughs> so. All right, cool. I'll be, I see. I'll... And then you're everybody else. And just add some fun voices in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Caleb, you got the script? Wait, well, yes, I see it now. I see it now. Okay, this is going to get us all in trouble. So Uh-oh. if you don't want to put it out, I get it. Yeah, but I want to, before, there's no way I won't put it out. I don't have any episodes for this week. So you've really got me by the frozen balls. Um, <laughs> Shane's email said, this is probably offensive. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just feels like something. I was trying to stick with the theme of Frozen, and then I just could only think of one thing. Okay. All right. Uh, Caleb, you ready? Wait a minute. So I'm Hannah. You are Hannah. Yeah. Hannah, Axe, Axelrod. Wait, I'm Hannah, Axe, and Axelrod? It's one character. That's their name. It's all the same person. Sometimes she referred to by a nickname as Axe. Okay. Cool. I like this. All right. We'll see. Can we go? All right. Yeah. Shane, Shane Torres has never seen Frozen, but here is his script for what he thinks it is whenever you're ready. Interior, doctor's office, daytime. Super agent Hannah X. Axelrod sits in the exam room of a doctor's office on the table in street clothes, twiddling her thumbs and looking at the clock. <laughs> she seems nervous. There's a knock on the door and the doctor enters. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Fine, Doc. <clears throat> Just give it to me straight. Are my eggs as sour as... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's roll it back. We'll roll it back. We'll roll it back. I'll get here. I'll lead you in. Hello, uh, Hannah. How did I know this is what it was? <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Fine, Doc. Just give it to me straight. Are my eggs as sour as... What is this, Rabbi? Rab- yeah, rabbi? Yeah. Uh, if I spelled Rabbi wrong? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's two B's. Fine, Doc. Just give it to me straight. Are my eggs as sour as a rabbi in a pork store? Or am I going to be able to have a little shit of my... A little shit and snot machine of my own? Well, Hannah, I'm happy to say you've got more than enough eggs. You just have to pay the beginning fee, and then they can be frozen. Fuck For yeah, some that's reason we f- hear... Oh, sorry. For some reason we hear loud gunshots, because that's badass. Uh, yeah. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm fertile fucking Myrtle. 
Hannah throws her hands up for a high five, slapping the doctor's hand and breaking it. The doctor falls to the ground in pain. You broke my hand. Oh, chill out. You're a doctor. I'm sure you know how to fix it. (laughs) Hannah leaves the room with the doctor writhing on the floor in pain. You're going to have to work on your compassion skills if you're going to be a mom. I don't think so, Doc. My kid's going to be harder than the rock's dick. Not some (laughs) bitch-ass doctor with soft bones. (laughs) Anna throws her hands up in a piece outside. Axe out! (laughs) (laughs) Hannah is walking out through the waiting area of the office, and the receptionist hands her a bill. Here's your bill and what you can expect, Agent Axelrod. We will need a down payment to start the process. Understood. Hannah takes the bill, walks out to the lot to her a car, a convertible. That's the brand, a convertible. We see a a shot of Hannah driving down the freeway and through neighborhood streets of a beach community. Kids play on the sidewalk, people ride bikes, and Hannah pulls into the parking lot of her credit union, jumps out of the convertible, and walks into the bank. Interior bank, continuous shot. Hannah slams her hands against the glass of the teller's window. I'm sorry, but your account is frozen. We hear random gunshots again. Why? Because that's badass. I'll get my money someplace else, you coin count and trollop. Axe is out. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah walks out to her car sad, but also angry. This is where the narration by country music legend Blaze Foley starts. She starts her car and we see her driving angrily through the streets, drinking and smoking while driving. Axe was about at the end of her rope. She had given her prime years of her life to serve in this country. She had stopped countless crises that you little folk never even fucking heard about. But all that came with a price. Her youth and prime was coming to an end, and all she wanted was a little booger eater of her own. Not too much to ask, but she had no money because of her sickness for the ponies. She loved to drink juleps and other weird drinks. Only problem was she could not pick a winner to save her life. She'd had lost billions at the track. Fuck. Just, just then we see the lights of a cop car in Hannah's rearview mirror. Well, if this ain't the corn on top of my shit Sunday. The officer approaches the car. X? Officer? You been drinking tonight? I may have had a few Mai Tais or Pina Coladas, what of it? You know I have to take you in now. Yeah, I know. Fuck you, piggy. (laughs) I gotta say, I like being Hannah. She's so cool. (laughs) Interior jail cell next morning. (laughs) A man walks into the cell. It's Axe's old partner, David Holliday. He's dressed in suit and tie and looks like another agent. He sees Hannah passed out on the bunk in in the cell by herself. She's about to be hungover when he wakes her up. Jesus Christ, Hannah, get it together. Hannah stirs and sits herself upright, wiping her face and walking to the toilet and pull, and pulling pulling her pants down to relieve herself. What the hell are you doing here? I have some bad news. What's that? It's your old number one enemy, that shit heap Franz Mailer. What about him? A steady stream of urine can be heard hitting the toilet bowl. <laughs> He's planning to melt the polar ice caps. Uh, I'm out, you know that. I'm ready for the quiet light. Yeah, looks like it. Fuck you. I can fix your problems. We need the polar ice caps to stay frozen. 
We hear the gunshot blast. <laughs> we need these ice caps. We have to be able to drill them for oil later. And it stands up and flushes and begins to wash her hands. Yeah, is that right? It is. I can make your accounts unfrozen. <laughs> no gunshot is heard. So your eggs can be frozen. Gunshot blaster once again heard because <laughs> that is. <laughs> You have my attention, but I want assurances that you'll let me out for good, and I'll be taken care of. Acts of course. Now we will brief you on. Well, now we'll brief you on the way to his private island. Fine. Let's get this shit over with. I gotta start baby proofing the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> they begin to walk out of the jail cell. Interior: Franz Mailer's secret island lair. We see Hannah decked out in black special tactics gear. We pull back and see the whole inside of the lair is on fire. In front of her is her arch nemesis, Hans Mailer. They are bloodied and covered in gross shit. That's what's up. Give it up, Hans. The lair's destroyed. I've killed all your henchmen and women. Ladies can be villains, too. And there's no way you can melt the ice caps. That's what you think. (laughs) Franz pulls out something from his pocket and shows it to Hannah. Axe. Do you know what this is? Something else I'm about to fuck up. It's your eggs. Now you can freeze these or the caps. But there's no way you can do both. Hannah drops to her knees screaming at the sky. (laughs) Why? Shit, fuck ass, why? (laughs) They're gonna be eggs. Who are you gonna be? (laughs) Who are you gonna be a mother to your child or to the world? Hannah stands up and screams, pulling a gun from behind her back. It's going to be both. I can save everyone. Now suck my gun, dick. Do it then, Axe. She pulls the trigger, shooting him in the leg. He drops the egg and she dives to save them, grabbing them just in time. Francis sedexes as she puts the eggs in her pocket. She starts dragging him towards a way out. What are you doing? I told you I can save everyone. You're my brother. No, I'm not. I'll explain it later. We see Hannah continue to drag him out of the burning or... Burning world around him, the ceiling is giving way and starting to collapse. What's the best way out? Over there. <laughs> he points to an exit sign. They break through <laughs> the door. As the building collapses around them, we fade out. Exterior, beachside cafe, midday. Franz sits with David at the table drinking my dice. <clears throat> I can't believe this shit. Holy fuck, what a story. I know. <laughs> We see Hannah walking up with a Bjorn around her holding an infant in it. She takes a seat with him. What are you two talking about? I was telling him about my fantasy football league team. We're called Sexy Church. (laughs) (laughs) A waitress approaches the table. What can I get you? I'll have a frozen (laughs) margarita. We hear the the familiar two-gun blast and fade out. I'm glad I got to have a margarita. (laughs) (laughs) Very Caleb-centric script. Yeah, this is the role I was born for. Oh, man. Uh, Why were you so disappointed in my read as the waitress? (laughs) (laughs) Just like, it was. you were so animated, and then you just kind of (laughs) like... A podcast network.